I'm holding a Tupperware container. It is like what you would get wonton soup from the Chinese store. Inside of it, there is wheat paste. Today, we're out with Philly street artist Simone Salim. She's installing a brand new portrait that she made, and she's using a tried and tested method called wheat pasting. Wheat paste is a glue that's made of flour, water, and a little bit of sugar, you know. I'm a little sweet. <laughs> this mixture of common ingredients you find in your kitchen can successfully stick art to outside walls and last through the elements, sometimes for years. How does it work? Uh, women in STEM. This is ah! science. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Um, I don't know how. Honestly, I am not a... Uh, I, there is like a lot of science behind like art and materials. I certainly don't know the exact reason why, but it works, so... There's not a lot of empty space in Philly's old city neighborhood for this kind of work. This is the big tourist hub for the city, and it's full of protected historical sites. So first, Simone has to search for the right spot. How do I choose a wall? Okay, for me, my number one thing is I would like to choose a wall that is potentially a construction material, so something that's like not on the actual building, because I'm trying to, like, first and foremost for me, like, care for the community and like the people who own spaces and own buildings I'm not going to mess with your stuff I don't want that but if there's like a boarded up window or a boarded up like side of a wall you better believe that is that is prime real estate my dude fair game game for Simone Salib (laughs) eventually we found some of that prime real estate for ourselves there's an empty lot where a building burned down a few years ago as construction crews rebuild it they put up a temporary plywood wall around the perimeter Walls like this exist all over the city to protect people from accidentally stumbling into work zones. But for street artists, they serve as a blank canvas. This wall that we're going to put the piece up on is at like a construction area. And in front of it, there is a bunch of construction board. Right now, there's like some pretty cool stuff on it. There's some graffiti. There's like a mural that used to be up there. I think that like over time has just kind of deteriorated. I like to call it a street art skeleton. And then there's an empty spot that's right there just for us. Time is of the essence. I usually try to make this pretty quick. I'm not really trying to stay at a site for like longer than like five minutes unless I have like permission. If I don't have permission, we're trying to be in, we're trying to be out. Because technically what we're doing is maybe not allowed. I'm a big ask for forgiveness, not permission kind of girl. From WHYY, this is Art Outside, a podcast about the art in our public spaces and the people who create it. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. In this episode, we'll hear how Simone has built and nurtured her practice as a way to heal herself and invite others to do the same. Simone Salib got started in street art by creating wheat paste. Over the last six years, she's turned her practice into a full-time career. What is your art? What does mm-hmm. it look like? What kind of materials do you use? Scale? All of that. Um, Okay, so primarily I make work that goes in the public space. That's stuff that makes me really happy. So with that being said, I started for a long time doing things that were wheat paste, and wheat paste is pretty ephemeral. So then I kind of transitioned into doing more permanent things, being murals. Uh, But yeah, I honestly, I just like work that brings people together. And I feel like public art is a really great way to do that. Simone is one of the most well-known street artists in the city right now. Her work is easily recognizable. How do you describe your style? 
Oh my gosh. So I would say um, a lot of it is portrait driven. It's like really um, bold like lines. I would say it almost looks kind of like a marker. If it's like digital, like imagine like a Sharpie like drew all of it, right? Um, and it's usually very colorful. There's a lot of bold colors. I feel like I'm a super colorful person as like a human. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's like very concise and to the point. Beyond wheat pastes, she's led commissioned mural projects and worked with big brands like Skittles, General Motors, and Universal Music Group. But interestingly, she discovered painting pretty recently, about seven years ago. I'm just curious, like, how does your mind even go there? Like, let me Mm. pick up a paint dress. Because I think when people Mm. are bored or needing creativity, maybe they go to the gym, maybe Mm -hmm. they take a long walk, maybe they go to the movies. But Mm -hmm. how do you go from, like, I'm bored or I want to be creative to, like, I'm going to go buy a paintbrush? So, honestly, for me, I was, like, really going through it. I had been, like, just, like, through some life stuff. And I was honestly pretty depressed. I was having a really bad time. And that day, I had, like, went out to, like, lunch with my friend Sammy. Um, and while we were there, I was just like trying to find ways to cope through what I was going through. And Sammy was like, dude, like you should go paint when you get home. And I was Mm. like, maybe. And Mm. honestly, that was like some of the best advice that someone could have given me. Um, cause I feel like I really, I feel like when I'm having a bad time, I could like really just like be in my head a lot and like really just be staring at the wall. (laughs) Like I'm just having a bad moment. But I think like painting is so beautiful because you can kind of like do the same thing where you can actually just like be staring and almost feel like you're doing nothing. But at the same time, like you're moving, your mind is moving, your hand is moving, you're also creating. And I, I think that honestly, there's like this feeling when you finish a painting and it comes out like the way you wanted it to. And it feels like Maybe it's like completing something or I don't know what, but it feels so good. And I feel like like being able to make something, move through what I was feeling and then also like have a finished product that I like loved. I was freaking out. I was having a great time. So do you remember what you painted that day or like I do? What did you paint? I really love Frank Ocean. Uh, This is just a thing about me as a person. I just, like, love his music. I think it's the best. And I had painted a portrait of him that was, like, the Blonde album cover. I don't know if you're familiar with it, where it's, like, a photo of him. He's got his hand in front of his face. Um, And I was so excited with how it came out that I literally ran outside of my house. And one of my neighbors was out there, and I was like, you need to come to my house. I just made this thing, and it looks so good. He's like, what is it? I was like, it's a painting. He comes in, and he was like, holy that's like really good and I was like I know and I'm like freaking out I'm like am I crazy right now and then after that like something inside of me was set on fire and like in a month I like had painted like 10 paintings and I had my first art show like later that month which is also a crazy feat to like make just like casually 10 giant paintings in like a month and mind you I'm working like two jobs running around I would come home and paint from like 10 p.m. when I got off of work until like 3 a.m. and then I would go to sleep like like a madman That's Simone in a nutshell, passionate and full of a focused energy. Once she fell in love with painting, it became her whole life. That first gallery show was a series of paintings featuring her favorite artists and musicians, including that original Frank Ocean piece. But then she started to think more deeply about who she was painting. I like really sat down and I was like, why am I painting all these famous people? These people don't even know me. I'm never (laughs) going to meet them. Like they influenced my life, but like, do I influence theirs? No, I'm like... That's when I like really started making more work that was like community based because like why are we not putting these people who are so incredible in our actual lives on the same pedestals that we put these famous people? That question kicked off her career. Probably the first time I think I saw your work was when you did this street art series where you're doing portraits of 
people in Philadelphia that you really admired, and I believe there were quotes with those people next to them. What inspired that? That's when I taught myself how to do wheat paste, and I was like, all right, what is something that you like want to put into the universe? And I really had a que- like a moment and like a question in my brain of like, I don't know. Okay, so I came from this background of like my parents growing up. They were like the kind of people that if you didn't have a like a job, like a lawyer, a doctor, a pharmacist, like it's not like a like not like a not a real job, but like those are respectable jobs, right? Okay. And I like never in my life thought like an artist was like quote unquote a respectable job that I could like even have or like that was a job, right? Um and then I really sat with myself and I was like, no, it is a job. It's actually really important. Like the arts are the things that enrich our lives and then like inspire us and our ways to express ourselves, right? So I was asking people who were artists of all kinds, photographers, um, poets, dancers, like how has art enriched your life or changed your life? And like, what do you think that we bring to the community as people, right? And it was kind of an open-ended question. And then people came with like these like vastly different responses that were so beautiful. And a lot of it kind of like recentered back into this like moment of connection. In many ways, creating came naturally for Simone. But the actual logistics of being a street artist are tough for anyone to figure out, especially at the beginning. Was it hard to mm. install around the city? Was it weird? What, what do you remember from those first couple of wheat paste? I think about like the first wheat paste I ever put up. It was actually like late at night. Like I feel like I was like, oh, I got to go in the nighttime when no one's looking yeah. and I got to wear all black. And I'm like, no, why are you being a sketchball, bro? Like, don't <laughs> do that. So I feel like there was like a learning curve a little bit, but... I definitely like feel like I got my technique down after like a few tries. Simone basically built her style off this project. Now, she's almost always making portraits of people in her own community and pairing them with an inspiring message. She's painted students, queer couples in love, activists who've since passed on, and plenty more. We wanted to see her process up close. Okay, so the piece is probably about like three feet, maybe by four feet or something like that something in that realm um it's a portrait of a woman it was like a previous student of mine from a school i worked with there is some words that say it's not always about what you make but the fact that you're creating what i did when i first got here was i took my paste and i put it on the wall first like i put the wheat paste on the wall then i took the piece out i rolled it out and then i put the wheat paste also on the back And then I took it and put it on the wall with the wet sides to each other, and then like it stays. What I want is it to kind of like meld to the wall. Um, And then I do like one more like coat all over the top of wheat paste. I also brought some like pretty heavy dewy uh, mural gel with me because it'll make it stay on for a long time. Like this is kind of like rubber cement. This is no joke. Even after years of putting up street art, wheat paste is still exciting to Simone in part because it gives everyone the chance to participate. Oh my gosh. I think it's like such a cool and accessible material. I think a lot of art supplies is super expensive and it's not accessible, to be honest. And I like first started doing wheat paste when I was broke as I was so broke. And like wheat paste is literally flour, water, and a little bit of sugar. I tell my students all the time, I'm like, bro, you have these things in your kitchen usually? Look around. After the break, we'll talk about how Simone grew her passion into a career, creating murals and working with big name brands, and how she continues to use her art to heal from hard times. That's coming up on Art Outside. 
This is Art Outside. I'm Conrad Benner. Even in her biggest projects with national brands, Simone maintains her style and focus on her community. Let's talk about the Skittles thing, though, because people saw your face across this world. World or country? Country. Country. Okay. (laughs) Maybe across the world. I don't know. People are going in the Rite Aids. People Mm -hmm. are going in their corner stores. And your face is on the dang Skittles. That's so crazy. What what was that project about? So the Skittles project that I did was for their Pride campaign this year. Um, Their whole thing was to, like, give their rainbow to the queer community. So the Skittles were literally gray, which was so funny to me. Oh, I didn't know Yeah, like, you didn't know what flavor you were eating. You were like, and then you're, like, kind of tripped up. You're like, was that a yellow or was that a red? Whoa, the colors were denoted out to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, their whole thing when they – they had first um, hit me up to work with them. They were like, we want you to like tell your story a little bit or tell your story of what it means to be like a queer person where you live. And uh, so I went with a few directions. Um, but the one that ended up being chosen was I wanted it to feel like South Philly. Like Philly is gay as f- I love that so much and I feel like it's such a blessing to live in a space like that where you can just like be whoever you are unapologetically. So the the imagery on the Skittles bag that I designed was like literally of like a bunch of row homes in South Philly and then it was just like two queer folks like standing on their stoop like just being in love and uh, the words on the bag I liked them in the same font that I would usually do my street art and it said um, I think it said be generous with your love. Um, And I think in, like, a time when things can feel scarce, at the end of the day, love is free, baby. And, like, we can be generous with our love in all capacities, whether it's, like, with our relationships we invest in or, like, our community or our friendships and our chosen family. And, like, yeah, I think this would – and, like, this this design also kind of, like, spoke to the everyday moments of queer love – yeah, I, I, I could not believe that, that I got to make something that was on a Skittles bag like across the country that feels nuts. I had like my aunts in like other states like in Arizona being like, I'm mm-hmm. at the Walmart right now and look what I found. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> her work has a deeper meaning. Creating art is just as powerful for her today as it was the day she started painting because it helps her heal from some of her hardest moments. We can make things that can be a container for our experience, like literally. Like we can be creating a piece of art and processing these things that, that we've gone through in our lives. And like it's like the piece that we make is like a, like a container or a vessel to like these things that we've been through. And we mm. don't have to be like maybe talking about these things always or like I'm not a clinician by any means, but like I can be a person that can facilitate space for people to like work through things that they've been through. And I think that Like, honestly, so much of my art has been that for me and has been such a huge tool to my own healing, which I am, like, forever grateful for, you know? And I think to have people understand that they can also do that is so powerful. Yeah. It seems like you're you're tearing up right now. What is that about? It's heavy stuff. Like, art is vulnerable, my dude. Like, it's a lot, especially, like, when it's about yourself, which is, like, really scary like being able to tell your own story and have your own autonomy of that is like Mm. really important but like that's hard this was plain to see at one of her most recent exhibits an art show that highlighted the experience of first generation americans had five different artists from Philly um and what and we all spoke to our experience as being kids from the diaspora 
I think we all like spoke to what it meant to us to be like people who are first gen, how that's influenced our lives. And um, the pieces I made were these like really big vessels, these vases, right? And they had like different words on them. Simone usually creates two-dimensional art, like portraits and murals. This was one of her first tries at sculpture. And like, it was kind of like that idea I was speaking to before, this container to like my trauma, right? So one was for me, one container, one vessel was for me, one was for my family and for the way um, that they like guide me in my life, right? And the other one was like a community vessel that was like a sculpture that I made out of paper mache. It was my first tiny sculpture. I was really excited about it. so good. Because for me, I was like, all right, I can make these things for myself, but also I want there to be an interactive element. That feels like so inherent throughout all of my art, right? And I wanted people in this vessel to be able to drop, like write down something that they were holding onto that was heavy and drop it into the vessel. This paper mache vase she made was open at the top. There was a pad of paper and a pen next to it, so people could write down something heavy on their heart and let it go into the artwork. It was like it went into the abyss. I still have all these secrets. That I've never so looked at them. Smart. Yeah, and I, I love that. I wanted it to be a way that, like, because I'm not the only one that holds on to things and can't let them go, you know, and like that I carry with me. Like, we all have things we carry with us. It's so beautiful how early in this conversation we talked about art as a metaphorical vessel, mm-hmm. and then you just talked about a literal literally one. creating a, a vessel. As you've gotten more and more into art over the last several years, what, almost six years now, right? Seven Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. How do you think becoming an artist, being an artist, has shaped your vision of the world? Hmm. It's honestly, I feel like it's made me more hopeful. Like, Like, a lot of bad stuff happens, like, all the time, you know? And, like, honestly, there's people who have it much worse than me. And, like, I really have to understand my role in bringing about things that can create joy and create hope. And, like, I can hold both. Like, I think I can only hold the truth of so much hope because of, like, how hard the opposite end is, you know? And, like, I don't know. I think that art has really, like, just changed, like, my life in that way. Like, I feel, like, naturally pretty optimistic, but because I feel like I've also seen so much darkness. And I feel like I want my art to kind of do that for other people as well. Next time on Art Outside. It's a mural about pride, and I feel a strong sense of pride. I feel really good. We'll meet a prolific muralist who developed their craft through Philly's famous mural arts program. And this girl came to school covered from head to toe in paint, and I was asking her, you know, what do you do that you have so much paint all over your clothes? And she's like, I'm in the mural arts program. They'll show us that it takes a lot to make a mural. First and foremost, a commitment to the community. It's about going into a community, learning what will resonate with the folks that live there, and designing something that will be impactful for that particular space. And also a love for the work itself. It's life-affirming for me, um, and it doesn't always feel like work. It feels meditative. That's next time on Art Outside. This is Art Outside. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. Our producers are Michael Alcott and Michaela Winberg. Our engineer is Charlie Kyer. 
with engineering help from Al Banks, Tina Kalake, and Adam Staniszewski. Our executive producer is Tom Grassler. Our theme song is Snack MF Time by Snack Time. Our tile art was created by El Toro, a.k.a. Justin Nagtalon. Special thanks to Louisa Boyle, Naomi Brito, Aubrey Costello, Grant Hill, Mike Mihalik, Alejandro Miyashiro, Sarah Moses, Mike and Scott, Jason Andrew Turner, and Kayla Watkins. Art Outside is a production of WHYY. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.